Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Chabalu. For those of you who thought I let Raj get overly optimistic last week on our episode, fear not. That will not be happening this week. Uh, the Lakers are 31 and 44, currently sitting outside of the play-in for the Western Conference. And I got to say, it doesn't look like they're going to be moving up anytime soon. But now that we've established that, Raj, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. This is my last day on vacation, so I'll be flying back today, back to the States. Um yeah, you know, I felt super clairvoyant. Like, I felt like, you know, I was on the right path there against against the Pelicans. We were up 20, uh, I believe. At halftime still, we were up 20. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some bad signs there. Brandon Ingram got, I think, two open jumpers. I was like, oh, that's that's a little worrying. And the Pelicans came back. But I'm doing well. I'm doing better, I think, than the Lakers are, at least. Uh, so I, mean, I should I hope so, Raj. Everyone is doing better than the Lakers are. Just a, just a train wreck of a franchise with one bad decision compounded by another Um for those of you who haven't read Eric Pincus's piece about how the Lakers turned from champs to chumps, which is just a great headline, really. <laughs> Kudos to whoever at Bleacher Report came up with that. Absolutely, yeah. And Eric's, you know, really good at that, really good at, you know, putting timetables on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows, man. We were a title contender last year, actually. I mean, it's last not like year. it's been, mm-hmm. it's not that A year long. ago at this time, I would have picked the Lakers to win the West. Yeah, it's... I think that shows how easily like you can fluctuate in this league um, going up or down. So hopefully that, you know, lends to a better, I think it's a lot harder to get up. Raj. (laughs) It's not every off season that you could add Anthony Davis and Danny green and Frank Vogel and immediately turn from a non-playoff team into a championship team. Speaking of Danny Green, he is finally going to Toronto to collect his second championship ring. So happy for former Laker Danny Green to finally get what is rightfully his. Just a brief interlude. (laughs) Underrated. (laughs) Underrated Laker Danny Green. Very, very important to that season. Mm -hmm. Him and a lot of vets that we don't have right now, I feel like. Even, you know, Quinn Cook tweeted out, I think, yes, the other day. He's like, I hope a team picks me up. I think Quinn Cook was a big, you know, part of that culture that, that, that was built. Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, all those kind of. People love Quinn Cook. I feel like there are at least a dozen players in the NBA who would call Quinn Cook a best friend level. And that is an incredible, incredible asset to have in your back pocket as you're trying to get back into the NBA. (laughs) If Quinn Cook was like seven feet, he would be on a team. Like, because, you know, seven feet, just like six, eight, six, eight would take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) He could be Duncan Robinson. (laughs) Oh man, what a year he's had. Uh, but yeah, getting Cook, I hope for he Max Struess. Is that the Duncan Robinson we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> the one who, right. Didn't he have like a 9 3 game in the finals? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? It could be. Um, okay. I know I was, was in like game. this weird fantasy game that year where uh, every mm-hmm. round I had to pick like a player who would have the most points, rebounds, and then made threes. And uh-huh. for some reason, I didn't No, I did take Duncan Robinson, even though like I obviously did not want him. To, no, no, I didn't take Duncan because I didn't want to be rooting for the heat to like, you know, mm-hmm. hit threes against the Lakers. Uh, and KCP's three total was just not as large as Duncan's during that series. <laughs> not at all. No, but yeah. shout out Duncan Robinson. He'll have a better year next year, I think. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's probably uh, been long enough for us to talk about anything but this year's Laker team. But hey, uh, the Lakers played the Dallas Mavericks last night. Um, 
Did they, Sabrina? Did, Did they, they play the Dallas Mavericks? <laughs> we... Here's so we were talking about this at a time. I, you know, I I take this podcast very seriously, and I try to watch the Lakers as much as possible to have the right amount of intel for this podcast. And I couldn't bring myself to watch beyond the first quarter last night. I got to tell you, it was it was really hard. Um, within that first quarter, uh, so like the Lakers get a stop on the first possession, right? It looks like a nice defensive possession. You're thinking, okay, like there's some energy here. Like maybe this is not mm-hmm. going to be a total tire fire. Dwight gets fouled. Dwight goes to the free throw line. Dwight misses the first free throw, whatever. They pan to the Laker bench and it's just this, they show Talon, then Avery Bradley, then Trevor Ariza, then Kendrick Nunn, and then Mello. And I swear to God, it looks like they're attending a funeral. They look like someone has just passed away in front of them. Like, and this is the very beginning of the game after the Lakers theoretically could take the lead on the next free throw. And they look like, Oh, we're, this is out of, out of our hands already. Like, why are we even here? And I, I just couldn't believe that the vibes are that bad that the Lakers already looked that miserable 40 seconds into a game on national television. It was unbelievable how terrible they looked like. And you just knew like, yeah, so it's, it's going to be one of those nights. Like that's how the Lakers feel. That's, that's how I'm going to feel. Give some homework to like anyone listening, like, Go watch the bench when a Malik Monk, because Malik Monk has a few dunks, like at least one a game where like he'll mm-hmm. drive baseline and the big won't like contest and he'll he'll do like a big dunk and he'll scream. Look at the bench. It's like Ken Bazemore who stands up sometimes, but it's mostly like a choir clap on the bench. That's mm-hmm. kind of been the energy of the team. Russell Westbrook tries, I think, sometimes to go in and scream, but the bench never really reacts to it. Nah. There was a picture yesterday of I think LeBron and AD laughing on the bench, and I didn't think that kind of that kind of blew up while we were getting destroyed, <laughs> <laughs> destroyed by Dallas. I mean, um, but just it, it, think about like a year ago in the playoffs when Andre Drummond was mimicking LeBron James posting up Jake Ryder. Like the vibes were much better last year, <laughs> even on a that team that lost the in the first round. <laughs> we were up two one. I know, I know. Right? It didn't like it went bad really quickly after that, but <laughs> I still think that we underrate the 2021 Lakers because that was, there was a good team in there. Like you, this is like a, a very Rajism to say like, there was a good team in there. <laughs> there was a good team in there, a team that started like 21 and six or something. And was just a very good basketball team. Uh, very unfortunately, good basketball team. unfortunately on like the final day of the regular season, when LeBron was playing against the Pelicans for really no good reason, because the Lakers were locked into the seventh seed, he hurt his ankle again. And uh, wouldn't, you know, LeBron James also hurt his ankle against the Pelicans <laughs> this year. And it was disastrous. Um, speaking of LeBron, uh, he will not be on the rest of this Lakers road trip. I hesitate mm-hmm. to call it a road trip because there's only one game left in Utah, but you know, it's funny. I think about like, uh, the first LeBron year and how it seemed like every time the Lakers were really struggling, like a game against Phoenix would just get lobbed up and we'd like crush the suns and then everything <laughs> would feel right again. Uh, this season, it seems like every time the Lakers are really flailing, they play Utah and something good happens and it's like, oh, okay, maybe like some momentum has been saved. Do you think there's a chance of that happening without LeBron and Anthony Davis in the lineup? Probably not, not, not without both of them. Yeah. I think you need at least one of them. The reason I think we play so well against Utah is because it kind of forces us into our best offensive lineup. And then Mm -hmm. Utah doesn't really have the capability to punish us on the other end. Right. So they can't like, they don't have anyone they throw into the post against Donovan Mitchell is their main guy who I'm super high on who looks kind of unhappy in Utah, but that's another story. Um, but uh, yeah, it's mostly just Donovan Mitchell ball screen action where he, he's getting to the basket. It doesn't really punish us the way other teams can. 
I don't know, Sabrina, like in that Dallas game, I don't expect us to beat the Mavs. Like nah. they have a they have a top five player who's playing probably at his peak right now. And Luka mm-hmm. Don just like they're a looks good team. Looks great. Looks great. It looks looks awesome. But like, you know, shouldn't be down 20, like, you know, that quickly. And it's fun to hear like Frank Vogel, because Vogel still tries to keep it on the basketball court, right? Like he'll mm-hmm. he'll bring out X's and O's. And I thought, you know, the Chris Haynes interview in the middle of halftime was was pretty interesting. He's like, Yeah, we put we did two different coverages on Luca, which sounds very like, you know, they really planned this. Mm-hmm. It was really just Luca cooked our ass. Luca like it was, cooked our asses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We started with like a soft little hedge, right? Right. And he, get, he did like a lob to Dwight Powell. And then eventually we just switched. And then he punished those switches with mm-hmm. step back 40 footers. And then we double teamed him. We didn't even try doubling him for the first seven minutes of the quarter. Like no. I wrote this down. The first double comes at five thirteen in the first quarter. This is the first time we've tried to get the ball out of Luca's hands because to that point, like I I'm not even sure what the Lakers were actually doing because like you, you can say there was a hedge. Like I don't think Dwight and Stanley Johnson were on the same page. Like Stanley is no, trying to push him away from the basket. The minute he turns the corner, nobody is there to meet Luca. So it's either he can just get an easy lane to the basket or he lobs it up to Dwight Powell. There's one where he's coming to the basket and like Russ is on the strong side corner and should be shading yeah. over. And like Russ just sort of like stands there and watches. And I'm just like, this is so horrible. <laughs> and then the minute they actually try to switch on to Luca, like you mentioned, just step back after step back after step back. Uh, like there's, there's really nothing you can do to guard Luca when that step back three is working. Um, you pretty much just have to punish him on the defensive end. So he gets tired. Cause like, that's, that's literally the only thing I've seen be successful against Luca is that he wears down as the game goes on who on the Lakers is really supposed to punish Luca as the game goes on. Like what Nobody. is, <laughs> what is that option? That's, that's what I don't understand because I kid you not, the Lakers ran an offensive set in that first quarter where Russell Westbrook kicks out to Dwight Howard for a wing three <laughs> and the tone of Ian Eagle's voice as he's calling this game for TNT like this man has been calling NCAA basketball for the last two weeks. Like he has seen some ridiculous things happen on the court because college basketball is freaking mayhem. Like nobody knows what's going to happen on any given day. Like he's been calling, he's called the St. Peter's game. Like there are things that have happened to Ian Eagle that have been confusing over the past two weeks. He has no way of processing the fact that Dwight Howard got a spot up catch and shoot <laughs> three pointer from the wing and took it. Like the, the one that Dwight would be in that position to receive the pass is crazy. Like, why is the offense set up this way? But to actually take the shot, I I have no words to describe what was happening with our offense. Rush, no words. Well, I only played five minutes um, that game, so he only got that first shift. I believe that three-pointer was a little bit part of that. I, it's been weird. Dwight has been spacing out. I think that's to help Russell Westbrook, even if he's not a shooter. There's like, you know, three second rules where, you know, somebody has to uh, account for Dwight Howard. So it helps out. But yeah, Russ is going to kick out to whoever's open there, no matter if it's Dwight Howard, if it's if it's Stanley Johnson. I want to touch back on that defense that you were talking about, though, because I was thinking about this while watching the game. First of all, our traps this year have been awful. You, Terrible. There's no the, rotating behind the them. Press. Yeah. No, the presses. But traps are a staple of a Frank Vogel defense. Like that's mm-hmm. like something he, you know, he puts his back behind like he's like no we're gonna trap we're gonna rotate like crazy like it's a staple a lot of, of that against James we... Harden it was very successful it took Damian Lillard out of a series like mm-hmm. he had no clue what to do at CJ McCollum had you know had some spots but we trapped Damian Lillard and we were behind mm-hmm. them this one it's like we're trapping Luca in the middle of the floor at the yeah. top 
so once so when you when you do that it's it's like three on two on the on every other side unless you're you know in rotation russell westbrook you talked about is one of the worst spoiler alert the lakers are never in rotation (laughs) it was target practice for the maps i mean i don't remember what they shot in the first quarter it was some ridiculous like 60 percent i believe um from three reggie bullock who was the i believe these fee mikhailuk trade if if i remember that correctly Um, he went i believe he hit like four threes i think he hit like three at the end of the first quarter it was insane okay he had five threes so he was five for eight it was five for eight um it was talking more threes than he hit his lakers career i'm gonna bet (laughs) ah and yeah that's that's the davis bertans was four for five from three who's you know had a rough year as well things play better in dallas but yeah we trap at the top there's no rotations really like we we are not in sync at all my issue isn't we're not in sync. It's that like we don't care that we're not in sync. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's no effort behind it. Dwight Howard looks done with this season. Like it's, I don't know. I, I want them still to make the play. And I know most people are, you know, off of that train. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to get my wish. Probably we're already at the 11 seed. Port- San Antonio plays Portland twice in the next three games. Like we don't have that kind of Portland <laughs> twice. <laughs> they really do. What Portland a schedule is, that they get. Is the most like, obscene tanking team in the nba right now like it's so I was, I was looking What's at like on? the lakers have the toughest schedule going forward the spurs technically have the fifth toughest schedule going forward but the thing is the Spurs games are so wildly distributed like there are games that they have zero chance of winning and then games that they have a hundred percent chance of winning so that's the problem <laughs> i would love for the lakers to have a game where they have a hundred percent chance of winning technically they do play the thunder once more I don't believe that's a hundred percent chance. <laughs> Not the way the Lakers have shown up against the Thunder this year. Right. Yeah. And they so Spurs play Memphis next, and they play Portland twice. We obviously play Utah, mm-hmm. then the Pelicans, um, and then the then the Warriors or the Phoenix. Then we play Phoenix. Okay, uh, we have Phoenix we- again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How many times? Raj, I'm just, I'm just curious. Okay. Like uh, okay. we're just going to do a little, a little trivia right here. So okay. the Lakers have played Phoenix three times this season, right? Uh-huh. How many yeah. points do you think they have lost to Phoenix collectively by over those three games? I'm going to say 92. You know, it's actually a lot, a lot lower than that. Um, I had forgotten oh, really? that we had okay. a fake comeback in that first game to make it 10 points. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you remember it was like the second game of the regular season? We had just been absolutely blitzed by them. Oh, Frank yes. finally uh-huh. decides to put Austin Reeves in in the fourth quarter and like good things start happening. Um, yeah, but it's only hang on. Let me let me do some quick math here. Uh, 29 plus 10 is 39 plus 28 is another. So 67 points. Yeah. Okay. But if you add the preseason. No, uh... if we add the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> the preseason games are so bad. Yeah, we lost one preseason game by 29 and the other one by 12. So I was at I was at the 29 point loss. Um, it, That's rough. That's it, rough. It looked worse than 29, honestly. Like 29 was the final score that was not. Yeah, I'm indicative surprised it hasn't game. hit 30 in any of these games. <laughs> like, I'm genuinely surprised. We were down 30 in at least all of them. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, I think um, that's a safe fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I have sort of lost track of what we were talking about, but. Uh, just having back to Dallas for a second, like you were saying, uh, there was this one lineup that the Lakers played with uh, DJ Augustin, Austin Reeves, Malik Monk, Wendy Gabriel, and Stanley Johnson. And I looked at that and I was like, 
how many times have the Lakers had five players on the court who actually tried on defense at the same time? <laughs> I hey, think this you. is one. And the thing is like Malik Monk, not a good defender. DJ Augustin, no. probably a below average defender. And yet just the fact that they are trying makes them like 85th percentile and above on the Lakers, which is so sad that it took, I mean, like think about this lineup, one in Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, DJ Augustin, not on the team to start the year. Austin Reeves doesn't even have a guaranteed contract to start the year. Like these are, this is the lineup that like is getting me excited about watching Lakers in the first quarter against Dallas when they trail the first quarter by what was it? 43 to 25, because mm-hmm. it, it was, it wasn't bad enough to be down 41 to 25. They had to allow Maxi Cleaver, like an uncontested path to the cup with five seconds left. This man gets like a full court layup. Cause there's no resistance. It was like Dallas runs some nice stuff. You know, they do like a, if Luca gets trapped, like now they have Spencer Dinwiddie who can actually drive off of closeouts. And that like mm-hmm. creates a little bit more uh, pressure on the defense instead of just like pinging it around to find a shooter. Like mm-hmm. there is good offensive talent on this Mavericks team. But then when you have, like you said, that Luca trap in the middle of the floor where he can see everything and you're probably trapping him with guys who are about the same height as him because Luca is six foot seven, Stanley Johnson, about six, seven, six, eight. Right. So it's not like you're covering his field of vision or anything with like a Rudy Gobert size guy or something. It is same size players guarding Luca. If all he has to do is just swing it once to Reggie Bullock, who is wide open. That is a mistake. That is bad defense. It's not like this incredible offense is carving up the Lakers. Like they can do that. And they did, but then there are also these possessions where it's just, I don't understand what's happening. Like, and that's why I think this is probably the most angry. I've heard Frank Vogel during one of those mid quarter interviews, right? Like they talked about the animated huddle or whatever that they had. Right. Like he was literally telling Chris, like, we're trying to do these two defensive coverages, you know, like, as if like somebody should understand what I'm trying to say here, because I know it doesn't look like these things are happening on the court, but I want to be able to explain myself. Like that's how I felt Frank Vogel was explaining himself. And uh, that's why I couldn't get past more than 12 minutes of this game. Cause it was, it was horrific. It was so, so bad. I love because Chris Haynes, obviously, with the animated huddle, he wanted to hear some kind of like, you know, we still have the heart and we're trying to win nah. and people <laughs> and guys are passionate. And Frank's like, I'm just telling them, you know, to <laughs> we're just trying to play one defensive coverage and no one's playing it. Get out of here with this animated huddle. Get out of this <laughs> here with this, you know, passionate picture you got on TNT of Russell Westbrook oh, you know, being upset about of some defensive coverage. Um, did you get to watch the film of that? Because like. They came back from the interview and like it's Russell Westbrook just losing the ball out of out of the ball like right after that. Right after that, that. that's when I turned it off. Literally, they're like, and Russell Westbrook just gave the ball out of bounds. I was like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I thought it was just hilarious to watch. Um, but that's why I like there was when, another when people excellent are game happening simultaneously, right? Like the non-national TV game that everyone was talking about, that Milwaukee oh. Philly game. Um, but yeah, sorry, you were saying something. Go on. Oh yeah, because I because I hear this a lot and I. I it's a it's a point people make for not wanting to make the play in right there mm-hmm. or, or the playoffs, whatever it is. Uh, I think you're on the side of you just don't want to see this team anymore, which is, you know, an acceptable, sure. an acceptable, uh, acceptable side to be on. Agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like people say, like, oh, if we make the play in, uh, it might, you know, cause the team to bring the same team back. Right. Or, you know, bring a lot of players back. You just listed out, Sabrina, a lineup that was not on the team last year. That was not on the team to start the season. Like, I don't understand this worry here 
Like look, look at the look at the players that obviously the Dallas game, a few guys who played who don't, but Trevor Reza, our big signing, does not play. He usually collects DMPs. Ken Bazemore collects DMPs. Wayne Ellington collects DMPs. Like these are guys who are supposed to be part of the rotation. I don't understand the worry about that the team's gonna bring this team back. Like the players who are playing were not on the team last year. We're not even on the team three weeks ago or a month ago. Like Wayne and Gabriel didn't start, but I mean he played. He played a no, good, I liked good, the, actually that they didn't start winning because he was the backup five. Then I think that's a, a good yes. role for him because then Mello is not the backup five. Like at least you put Mello and Gabriel together. Like I think that was a good rotation decision by Frank. Yeah, but but do you, do you see where I'm going with that? Like yeah, where no. like the worry the worry about bringing the team it's back like, should not be something. The, the team, Lakers have no loyalty to players who were good on good Lakers teams. <laughs> That's my point. Yes. Yes. No loyalty to Danny Green. No loyalty to Dwight Howard. Like they let Rajon Rondo go. And then like, we're so upset that they tried to bring him back later. I mean, like think about how significant JaVale McGee, like think about how significantly they changed a team that won a title. So we're worried about them hanging on to a team that played this poorly. Exactly. Not in the slightest, not in the slightest. Right. Exactly. So we, should root for, you know, like you don't have to root for losses for this team. I promise they'll lose on their own. Like yeah, the, funny. I, I see, I see a lot of fans like, like, Oh, I hope they lose tonight against uh, whoever we, uh, they, I hope they lose against Dallas. This team deserve, you don't have to root for losses. I promise. Like this team will lose on its own. There's no reason to go into them hoping uh, that they lose. But yeah, that's, that's the point. Cause I'm seeing that a lot. A lot of people are worried um, that the, they'll bring the same team back and it's just, look at the people who are playing like that there's no way they're bringing any of these people back like this they're all collecting dmps you think the lakers are rooting to not make the play-in so that they don't have to make a decision on wendy and gabriel until next year oh my god that's evil no that's (laughs) i had this thought while i was watching the pelicans game that i was like because we've spent so much time talking about how he has to get converted before the play-in game, because how could you possibly right. go into the play-ins without Wendy and Gabriel? What if they just want to keep that statement. decision down the <laughs> That'd be rough. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think they're doing that. That's a crazy statement. You just made. They have to convert Wendy and Gabriel before we get to the play-in. What a, what a wild statement that is, I mean, but it, it's true. It's this is where we are, Raj. This is the the hideous situation that the Lakers have put us in, unfortunately. And uh, I don't really see a way out of it for the time being. But um, there is one bit of news that came through that was mildly positive uh, from Chris Haynes yesterday. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about that. All right. So on the TNT broadcast yesterday, uh, it was reported that Anthony Haynes, Anthony Haynes, Jesus, Anthony Davis is trying to come back before the end of the regular season and that he is targeting, I believe, Friday's game against the Pelicans for his return. Um, One, do you think that it is worthwhile for Anthony Davis to come back with this little time left in the regular season? And two, will it make any difference for the Lakers? I absolutely want Anthony Davis to come back, barring his health. Obviously, mm-hmm. if he's healthy enough, it's not just because I obviously he would help us getting into the play. And I've been on this like we need to build momentum for next year, and Anthony Davis will for sure be on the team next Raj, year. Like three weeks ago, you were saying, "Is there even enough time to build something left for next season?" <laughs> well, I'm not sure you can build anything with the team, but I think like individual player wise, like. So if Anthony Davis does not come back, then that means he would have been out since. So he got hurt in 
January, if I remember that correctly. Now he got hurt the last game before the All Star break, so very soon oh, yeah, yeah. February. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. He came back and then got hurt again, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, but yeah, he so he'd be out a while, and he'd only play I think like thirty games or something this year. I don't exactly know the no no the exact it's number a like low number. To, yeah. It's a very low number, and and last year as well, he was out for a long time. Like build something going into next year, some kind of momentum, some kind of like push at least. I would like to see him getting rid of him. I think LeBron, we've seen enough. If LeBron's done, then I, I think, you know, you can kind of understand now it. LeBron Hopefully absolutely needs to play three more games so he can qualify for this season's <laughs> scoring title. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not going to accept s- LeBron sitting out anymore. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you post. I was like, yeah, it's very important yeah. to me. I got to tell you, uh, LeBron James <laughs> being a scoring champion. He was a scoring champion in 2009 and to be one again in 2022. Okay. That's incredible. That's really, really cool. I don't care how bad this team is like <laughs> even like, you know, looter in a riot situation like bad stats you know good stats bad team guys they don't win scoring titles you know Devin Booker didn't win a scoring title when he put up 70 on that Phoenix Suns team it's it's an impressive thing to win a scoring title I I would like to see it happen so three more games Ron three more let's pick the easy ones too side note on that I see people like um like like he's uh he's just picking up stats right like he's just putting up numbers we need his numbers like we what need do, his numbers people talking about like <laughs> every we need every single full <laughs> Every single point. What are people talking about? Uh, stat padding. We need every single point LeBron James puts up on this mm-hmm. team. Uh, but yeah, I would like AD to come back. And I think it does make an impact when you have a superstar come back to a team. Like you could you could see the body language last night. Like, this team's not good anyway, but like you could see the body language. And I think the Frank Vogel quotes kind of uh, echoed that as well, that the team was kind of down after the LeBron injury. But getting AD back, AD back would be some kind of boost. He would help our most you know, needed position, honestly, which is, you know, a center. So mm-hmm. Wayne and Gabriel doesn't have to pick up those or Carmelo Anthony doesn't have to pick up those. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Avis will be great. I hope he comes back. We saw Paul George come back. Like, you know, we saw a superstar return to a low seated team and make an impact. Let's okay. Let's the Clippers are not trash, even without Paul George. <laughs> also, I maintain that there is a significant difference between returning from an upper body injury For sure. and a lower body injury. And Paul George had the good fortune of hurting his, I'm not going to say good fortune of getting injured, but like he had the good fortune that at least his injury was isolated to his upper body. So he was able to maintain yeah. his conditioning while he was hurt. Um, Anthony Davis, not so much uh, has, you know, put up a glorious Afro in the interim. I, I must say it looks great, <laughs> but I just, I'm curious about the conditioning. I'm curious about just how his movement is going to be like, he did look really good before he went down the second time. I will agree, but I just worry about AD like, if they're shutting down Kendrick Nunn for the rest of the season so that he can rehab, <laughs> like what is the hurry with Anthony Davis? There's no way that Anthony Davis is somehow less fragile than Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is going to be its own 30 for 30 on this season because I have no idea. Like every t- Chris Haynes did a Kendrick Nunn update, which was just like it felt like a sick joke to me. And like, what are you what are you doing? He's out for the season. Like, like, wh- why are we getting Kendrick Nunn updates? Um, but no, I, I mean, I don't know what's happening. In Kendrick Nunn. I just know that Anthony Davis needs to play like he, he if he's healthy, like uh, this team. Mm-hmm. Obviously isn't going anywhere, but build some build some momentum for next season. Super. We can't just limp out of here, you know, lose the next whatever how many games are left. Um, it wouldn't be such just, a bad thing if we just limped out of here and lost the last seven games. Like LeBron puts up forty it, in the three that he plays. Yes, it would all be a bad thing. That's all I want. <laughs> he should definitely he play the against wrong. the Thunder. Uh, probably against mm-hmm. the Warriors if Steph is not healthy. I think that's a good game for him to play. 
Um, and then Phoenix, maybe not the right one. Uh, one of one of the Denver games, he's probably going to play against the Pelicans if he's available. But I, I don't know that LeBron's going to yeah. be available for the Pelicans on Friday. Like, it looked pretty bad, the ankle. Yeah. So. And if he had to leave the trip early, you know, to rehab in Los Angeles, then I'm not holding my breath that he gets to play against New Orleans. So, yeah, Denver. LeBron's okay. going to get his points. Those are the ones. You don't, have to, you don't have to worry, Sabrina. LeBron is going to get his points. There's not very much offense on this Lakers team. Um, I so am watching playing. these Bucks and Sixers games, like, just glued to the screen to see how Embiid and Giannis are scoring. Like, I was dying yesterday with the – Sixers unable to contain Giannis no matter what they tried to do. Just like, how long are you going to keep Joel and beat off the court while Giannis is on the court because he is scoring so many points? Doc Rivers, stop screwing with my scoring title. <laughs> oh, I annoying. love that you watch these teams for the scoring title. I think that's incredible. It was <laughs> like, thankfully they were playing each other yesterday. So it was also a good game, but I've been watching them separately. Yeah. I, I want to know how Joel and Giannis are doing. I I am intrigued. Like this is all I have left. I don't think the Lakers are gonna make the plan. I mean, okay. Raj, you had posted that list, that schedule list, right? Like of how many games were coming up. Yes. How many yes. games were on that list? There were nine games. <laughs> so um, there were nine games. Okay. So, we, so far we've gone two and six, right? Yes. Yes. I love that people still post predictions like with games that already happened. They're like, I think we're going to win four. I'm like, that's not possible anymore. Like there's, yeah. there's still people who reply to that, uh, which is, which is funny. I to guess me. But yeah, we're, three. yeah, we're, we're uh, two and six right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I forget you, you had suggested that there was a way that the Lakers could go winless in that stretch. Correct. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was me who, who predicted that, but uh, I thought we would get at least one. Um, uh, I didn't think it'd be the one in Toronto or in Cleveland, but yeah, we definitely didn't go as we were supposed to. Uh, <laughs> we were two supposed and, to win the one in Washington, supposed to win the one in New Orleans. Those were supposed to be the two. <laughs> right. I, and then steal one of the other ones. Yeah. I guess, I guess this is where we should just end it is uh, as we stand today, like, you know, if you just had to put your money one way or the other, will the Lakers make the play in at the end of the season. I don't even want to talk about what will happen in the plan. Like let's ignore that possibility because frankly, we discussed it plenty last week, but do you think the Lakers will make the play in at the end of this regular season? I, I think they, I think they still slide into 10th. I feel like, I feel like uh, San Antonio will lose enough. To where the Lakers can slide into 10. I think they lose against Utah um, and then they beat New Orleans on Friday. Like, that's my prediction right now. Or that's more what I want. Like, so I'm not sure how much those two are kind of coinciding, but I think there's still a chance if AD can come back, if LeBron, I don't think they've ruled LeBron out for that Pelicans game. So if LeBron can come back, AD comes back, that should be enough. But I mean, it's more 50 50 now. Like, I've been on the we're not going to miss the plane, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, it it doesn't look great, and I think I think Greg Popovich and the Spurs are like they have enough hate to where they would go for it. Like they would they would go for this uh go for this ten seed. What do you think? Yeah, I up until this week, like every time we have met before this, I have been like hundred percent the Lakers are going to make the play. And like yeah. I, I say this every time, like I just don't think that the other teams beneath the Lakers are trying at all. I still maintain that the Spurs are not trying to win games. They just happen to be winning some because everybody else is trying to lose. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're going to have enough opportunities to keep just backing into wins. 
And this is the first point where I'm like, you know, I don't think the Lakers are gonna make the plan. And it sucks because. Okay. So we were in this ridiculous tanking stretch for like five years, right. Um, starting in 2014, going all the way in through 2017. So like four years of deliberate tanking. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is when, um, I guess 14 wasn't even deliberate because like Kobe got hurt at the start of the year. So we weren't sure like what was actually going to happen, but during that time, like when we owed a pick to the Philadelphia 76ers, we only ended up surrendering one first round pick. Like the second one turned into the two seconds. We, we successfully tanked mm-hmm. to avoid half of our draft <laughs> obligation. And still the best pick that we ended up giving in the combined Steve Nash and Dwight Howard trades was the number 10 pick to Philadelphia. Okay. Wow. A team with LeBron James Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook is going to give up a better pick than that, a better pick than those tanking Lakers. I, I refuse to believe it. And yet it's going to happen. And the worst part about it is that it's going to go to new Orleans. And like, I was okay with the pick going to Memphis. I like Memphis. I like the way the Grizzlies operate yeah. out of their business. I can't stand the freaking Pelicans. And I'm so upset that they're going to get an excellent pick out of this while pushing the Lakers out of the plan. Like that's what makes me more mad than anything. No. Yeah. That's, that's tough to, that's tough to, to swallow. Like it's a tough pill to, to take there. Um, but you know, I think looking at that is tough. Like we made our bed with that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was, that was part of the 80 trade, right? That, Correct. that pick, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, you got Anthony Davis out of that. So that would be my, uh, but the whole point of getting Anthony Davis is that you were not surrendering good picks later. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that, that's that's a rough thing, rough thing to think about. At this point, we've gotten um, as many good years of Anthony Davis as we did of Dwight Howard. Like that's that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's a rough way to put it. That's a very rough way to put. That's a very rough way to put it. The Anthony Davis year ended a lot better than the Dwight Howard sure. did one. Ended obviously. a lot better. Um, yeah. Yes, and Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis is still signed for two more years. I believe it's two more years. I think it's three um, so, more. Did he get a player option or not? I don't think so. I think it was straight okay. five year deal. Five, yeah. Um, so we have Anthony Davis still signed on the team. Like that's the that's the difference here. So there's look, Pelicans can get their pick. I think mm-hmm. you know. I think they're building the right way. We'll see when Zion comes back. Um, but that's rough. Uh, but Memphis, I mean, getting a pick that's not much better. They're in our conference. They're going to be our competition going. They're forward. already better than us. Like I don't care about them getting even better. <laughs> we have to still mess with them next year, Sabrina. We still have to. We still have to match up with them next year. It's not like they go away. They're not gonna because I don't see I don't see them as a fluky team. I don't think no, like, I don't, I don't see think them they, as a fluky team either. Yeah, I think they're gonna be back next year even better. Their young guys get a year older. And they also draft very that, well. So very oh very well. I was reading that Jaron Jackson Jr. is their like youngest prospect that plays, and he's like in year three or something like that. So I mean, Zaire Williams oh, plays wow. for them. He's a rookie. Oh okay. Yeah. Zaire Williams, former oh, yeah. teammate of Ronnie James. So. Yes, he killed that's us. How too. young I remember he is. One of the games. <laughs> yeah, that's good. that's what really got LeBron upset against the Grizzlies was when Zaire started popping off because it's one thing when like NBA players are doing it. it's another thing when like your son's friend is popping off against you. Who I understand is an NBA player was a lottery pick this past season. I just I sympathize with LeBron that it's hard to make that distinction when like literally your son's teammate is showing off against you like that. I get it. I get why you'd be upset. I. I condone so you're, that. You're, I'm gonna say. So you're at our house eating pizza rolls. Like, what do you yeah. think you're doing here? What do you, 
<laughs> so it wasn't Desmond Bain. You think Desmond Bain was just like the last I cherry on top? I think the straw to... was Zaire. Was. <laughs> the straw that broke LeBron's back was Zaire. And I'm okay with it. I, don't I think understand play... that. Yeah. We don't play in Memphis anymore, I don't think, do we? I think we're done with, with Memphis this year. Yeah, we've um, lost three times to Memphis just awfully. And we beat them that one time when Ja missed the free throw on the three shot foul. Yes, very early in the, the year. Slimmest of margins. I think it was game three, our first win of the season. Yeah. Yes, yes. We we beat Memphis then, uh, which is actually not a bad win. We also beat not Cleveland early win, in the right? year. We swept Cleveland this season. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, we wins. did. Uh what a rough, what a rough season that we yeah. that we've gone through. Um mm-hmm. hopefully it continues though, Sabrina. Let's Hopefully I want, it continues to I be want rough. this team. No, 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 no. Hopefully we get more games than just the season ends. I want us to play Phoenix so bad. I know that's a psychotic thing that a lot of people don't want, but I I want to see it. I I can't see LeBron and AD just getting punked out of a playoff series. My like they, imagination just, does not allow for the possibility of us getting to Phoenix. <laughs> that's a very far trip. Yes, yeah. we have to I win can't do two it. games. I just, uh, unfortunately, I'm not that creative. So you will have to envision those possibilities for the rest of us, Raj, because I, I don't see it. I just... I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, the Lakers playing the Pelicans and that's as far as I get. <laughs> or the Clippers. That'd be a rough one. Clippers with They're Paul not George. The Clippers, not being the Clippers. <laughs> I just, I can't believe that after all of this time of like the Lakers and Clippers, you know, missing each other in the postseason for it to happen in a play-in game just feels like it'd be selling it short, you know, but I do yeah. hope that if the Lakers and Clippers were to meet in the playoffs, it happens before they move to into it. Cause I'd like it to be an all staple center series. I think that would be fun. Yeah. I'm, be, I'm rooting we don't for a Lakers Clippers playoff series within the next two years before, before the move happens. We deserve one, right? With the Kawhi, it's Paul George, LeBron. Not a play. <laughs> I don't well, Kawhi that. wouldn't be back. Kawhi wouldn't be back for that. So like, I just think we, we, I want one. I don't want to play a game. I think it's, it's two small potatoes. I want like a real life seven game playoff series at Staples center. Okay. Yeah. But it's going to have to come next Hopefully. year because there's no way the Lakers and Clippers play in the playoffs <laughs> this year. It's never going to happen. <laughs> next year. Yes. Be in the Western conference finals after the Clippers and Lakers as the seven and eight seeds get there. So it's not <laughs> going to happen. So you're saying it's not impossible. I could it's see like... the Clippers making the conference finals. I could, I could see okay. that. I cannot see the okay. Lakers beating the Pelicans. That's where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, that Pelicans game was rough. I was so excited. I was so excited that first well, half. Well, you know, I we, thought, we've got another one I thought we had them real soon. And then uh, we just, just blow a 20-point lead. You know, so. apparently we can prove that it was just a fluke and we can actually beat the Pelicans. Reel me back in, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have hope, but, you know, one of us does. And so that's really all that matters at this point. So. Uh, <laughs> That's our show for today. Uh, the Lakers play Utah tomorrow in Utah without LeBron or Anthony Davis, and then come back to Los Angeles on Friday to host the Pelicans. Hopefully AD is back by then. We'll see what happens with him and LeBron. But um, I mean, it would be nice to see the two of them share the court again before the end of the season, because that's, that's what our team is built on. And we haven't seen it in a very long time. And I miss watching Anthony Davis play basketball. So I would like for that to happen as soon as possible. Uh, thank you all Me for too. listening to our show. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast for multiple shows about the Lakers every day of the week. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Yeah, 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 yeah.